It's week 13, and there's no other way to say it. It's the eve of the fantasy football playoffs. Time to pull out all the stops, throw out the record books, put your best foot forward, and any other sports cliches you or I can come up with. And quite frankly, it's time to get you into the playoffs. Let's run up the score. You're listening to Run Up The Score, a fantasy football podcast. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to Run Up The Score. It's Donald here with Scott and via Skype, Tom. Hey, everybody. So uh, we've got a very interesting episode for us because Tom is out of town. We're uh, trying something a little different to cut down on Tom's time in car. Uh, for this week, we've got a week 13 preview that cannot wait any longer. The fantasy playoffs are one week away. It's the last week of the regular season. Gentlemen, how are we feeling about our teams so far? I only have one that hangs in the balance. I'm, I'm kind of upset. I kind of wanted some more uh, some more action going on, but I'll take what I can get. Uh, I play one. I play one of my good friends in two leagues and like he could knock me out of the playoffs in one. I could knock him out of the playoffs in another. So. That part of it's great, but you know I'm just excited to see how it goes. Tom, how about you? I am mostly clinched. I have one league where I'm in serious jeopardy of not making it, despite a uh, a fair amount of points in my favor. But I do have okay. one matchup that is going to be very cool. I'm competing for the buy from the guy who just theoretically took it from me. So I've got to beat him by more than four points, and I should uh, re-retain that buy. Wow. Nice. Yeah, I, I feel like I'm either like I know my I know three of my teams are in the playoffs and I know two of them won't be. So I literally just have nothing going for me this week. Yeah, it's kind of just like I hope my all my teams do well and we build some momentum, quote unquote, uh, going <laughs> into the uh, going into the slate. Speaking of which, we got a full slate to get down to. We didn't even mention this, but all the buys are done. So every single team's gonna be playing every single week from here on out. Yep. Uh, it's gonna there's gonna be some fireworks for this week. Uh, and let's get yeah, started with who's gonna be providing those fireworks with our plum picks for week thirteen. I can feel it down in my plums. And we start with quarterback as we always do. Tom, let's start with you via the internet. Who is your plum pick quarterback this week? Well, my plum pick quarterback is Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, I really like the matchup versus the Green Bay Packers. Here's the thing. Jameis Winston is working his way back, and if he plays, I'd like to play him too. I just like the matchup for any quarterback, really. The only caveat I'd mention is if you need a win no matter what, I wouldn't go with Jameis Winston because you don't want to start him and then have him get yanked yeah. for uh, you know an aggravation of that injury. But the matchup is right. I mean, even Ryan Fitzpatrick probably going to be cheap in daily, and I think this is uh, – it's just one of those weeks where you can use a uh, a lower caliber guy to a high output. Absolutely. And, Tom, I'm honestly shocked you didn't pick Geno Smith. <laughs> Me too. Well, we, we really should have even addressed this before we got into the segments, but Eli Manning benched for Geno Smith. We'll get to it when we preview the Giants and the Raiders, which looks like a blockbuster game oh, now. God. Um, but, Scott, let's go to your plum pick quarterback now before we get – too carried away. Sure. Um, I'm going with Jared Goff uh, playing against Arizona. Uh, I, I think he's just, you know, he's just been really good. Uh, I, I don't think a lot of teams are too worried about uh, 
starting him, you know, in, in their leagues. You know, a lot of teams that have him probably have two quarterbacks, but I think this is the week that you fire him up because, you know, Arizona's good against the run, and, uh, you know, they will go away from Patrick Peterson wherever he is. They don't, they don't have a problem going to ancillary options as opposed to just feeding a guy. I think he spreads the wealth. I think it's Cooper Cup. I think it's Reynolds, and I think it's Gurley in the middle of the field that leads Goff to having another big day. I was going to say, this is the kind of game that, like, if you guys listen to us on the Monday special or the Tuesday episode and picked up Josh Reynolds – this is a sneaky week to get him in DFS, or yeah. if you're trying to just experiment with a lineup because you've already clinched a playoff spot, this might be a week you can roll him out because you got to think Peterson's going to follow Sammy Watkins all over the field to take away the big playability, but there's going to be plenty of room underneath the formation. And don't forget, the Cardinals just let up two rushing touchdowns to Blake Bortles, yep. who I think Jared Goff is a little bit more athletic than. I don't know. Bortles has been killing it lately. Yeah, I don't know. It's been, <laughs> uh, it's been interesting. My plum pick quarterback is Case Keenum. And simply because I'm riding the heater. Yep. And if anybody would like to jump on the bandwagon, I'll take the reins so you can (laughs) jump off the wagon as soon as you think you need to. But I'm going to ride this Case Keenum wagon as far and as long as I can because he has just been on fire. I'm riding it out. I'm not scared of Atlanta. I'm not scared of any other defense he plays this year. He is my starting quarterback in the league where I'm hopefully – going to be making some noise in the consolation bracket this year <laughs> yeah i mean mike zimmer is actually the leader of that bandwagon yeah. riding it week to week you know still holding out hope that that he can keep it going and i don't see any reason why he doesn't keep it going this week like you said there's nothing to be too afraid of with atlanta especially with Trufant possibly being out so i like keenum absolutely you stole my talking point there that's that was my uh addition that Trufant might not be there oh, so that's sorry. a Yep, don't worry about it. I'll get him next time. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, speaking of getting him next time, we're hoping that uh, Tom's plum pick running back goes out and does exactly what he does on Sunday night. It's Jamal Williams of Green Bay. Yeah, I mean, you really like the matchup. Even with Ty Montgomery working his way back in, you see the way they used Aaron Jones and Ty Montgomery at the same time. There's still going to be plenty of opportunity for Jamal Williams, and he's excelling in the pass game. Like I said, the matchup – is good for both of these teams, right? I kind of want to load out everyone in Tampa Bay and Green Bay. Battle of the Bays. Because (laughs) no one is um (laughs) no one's playing defense in this game. And the Tampa Bay defense hasn't been playing defense all year. So continuing with that soft target trend, especially with a guy who they use out of the backfield in an offense like that, um, you gotta play him right now. Especially following that performance last week. He was awesome. Apologies to my girlfriend, but the uh Packers Bucks matchup is so bay. (laughs) <laughs> uh scott from one, one rookie to another you've got another rookie as your plum pick running back yeah i'm going with samaj pirine um we're gonna wash out the uh the last game because the last game that they that dallas played washington because the game was technic pretty much washed out absolutely it seemed like it should have been canceled and uh you know they didn't have any mutters like pirine out there and i think that was part of the problem pirine's a mutter and his mutter was a mutter oh his mutter was a mutter <laughs> yeah so you know, he. I think he's going to go out there against Dallas this time and really take it to him. Uh, you know, you saw Melvin Gordon get like 80 total yards, and then you see Eckler still getting 60, 140 total to the backs. Look past the, the past couple weeks. They've been getting pounded on the ground. P. Ryan gets too much volume, and I think he just gets, you know, five or, maybe five or six catches, close to 20 carries. If he's getting that against Dallas, he's going to eat. Yeah, if he has somehow been on your bench for the last two weeks of his breakout, you need to check your lineup because they play today on Thursday night and you know he needs to be in your lineup until further notice in my opinion because yeah, it looks good you know the touchdowns haven't quite been there in volume but the yardage has 
And when 130 all purpose last week, exactly. So when you're getting that kind of yardage volume, the touchdowns are going to come. That's right. I'm making it three for three and I'm going with my plum pick running back. Another rookie, Joe Mixon. Obviously we are very encouraged by his performance against the Browns. Easily his best game as a pro. However, I'm also encouraged because we talk about the, the Browns defense who was sneakily very good against the run. Yes. You know who else has been sneakily very good against the run this year is Pittsburgh, but what's Pittsburgh's one weakness been on defense this year? Rookie running backs. That's right. Leonard Fournette (laughs) and Jamal Williams just last week have put together the best two performances against the Steelers this year. I think Kareem Hunt got 100 total against them, too. There you go. Exactly. Another rookie. Mixon had had the most yards per touch out of the three running backs the last time these two teams played when they were still working the three running back system. (laughs) And we may be down to one based on the volume that Mixon got against Cleveland. I'm th- I'm again just like my Case Keenum pick. I'm riding the wave. I'm pl- I'm plugging Joe Mixon in, and I'm rolling with him this week. Yeah, Joe Mixon has been good enough in the goal line to bail you out. Anyway, he clearly has the red zone opportunity. And the good thing about him is just the volume. Last week, he had most touches he's had all year. So if you can just lean on volume, and it's someone who's getting the ball at the goal line, you're going to be all right for fantasy purposes. Even if he doesn't go out there and have a conventionally good day by the NFL standards, which by the way, he totally did last week. So oh, yeah. we'll see if he continues that. Uh, speaking of volume, a guy who's seen basically records amounts of volume from the wide receiver position over the past two years, although he struggled recently, is Scott's plum pick wide receiver. Yeah, it's uh, linked to Tom's plum pick quarterback. I'm going with Mike Evans. Uh, stud receivers have owned the Packers throughout the entire year. You know, these stud number ones, they've had no answer for him. You saw Antonio Brown getting double teamed last week and still having his way. They just really struggle with those with those big name receivers. And and yeah, Mike Evans isn't Antonio Antonio Brown, but you know, he's Mike Evans. He's he's no slouch. Very and, similar to Julio and AJ Green who have both put together strong performances against the Packers. Exactly. And this I year. think I think you finally see that. You get you know, you get that week that like maybe that Julio not as big as that Julio reward, but that that feel that all the who the people who drafted Julio got last week like all right finally my first round pick went yeah, off there you go Tom let's go to you yeah I'm going with Jamison Crowder here versus the Dallas Cowboys and it's funny if you've been monitoring or you know paying attention to my plum picks throughout the year I've plum picked a few guys versus the Dallas Cowboys yep. at the wide receiver position and it's really panned out you know if it hadn't I would have stopped by now Emmanuel Sanders tears them up uh, I think Jamison Crowder plays a very similar game to Emmanuel Sanders. And you look at the volume he got last week, I think he's the number one in that offense. And I've always been Team Crowder over Doxon. You know that if you've been listening too. Obviously, Doxon could get involved. He's had some games where he might have been a little bit better than Crowder. But I think Crowder has the you know, the larger percentage chance of being the guy that you want to own in this week. And going forward, I think he's a really good fantasy option, especially with the loss of Chris Thompson. He's just going to see more targets in that pass-happy offense. No doubt. I like it, too. My plum pick wide receiver, strictly plum picks. I know there's a lot of you out there who are jostling for playoff position. This pick is not for you. For those of you who are looking to get a little crazy, trying to maybe score a bunch of points um, and and you know possibly sneak your way back into the playoffs or just to kind of have fun with it because your team's eliminated, Josh Gordon is coming back. Yeah. I have read all the puff pieces. I have read all of the all of the news updates. I am all in. I'm putting them in my DFS lineups this week. I'm all in on Josh Gordon and I know this is easily the plum pick I've made this year that has the highest chance of 
blowing up in my face and I don't care. I'm just happy to see the guy out on the field. I hope hopefully he's got his mind right and hopefully he can stay on the field because the NFL is going to be better if Josh Gordon is able to stay in it. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. I mean, it's it's nice to see him come back. Hopefully, hopefully he plays well. I don't see him getting a ton of snaps this week, but he can do it on on a small amount of snaps. He can do it in one play if if he maybe goes back in the time machine. Yeah. You must only be reading the puff pieces. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All righty, let's go to tight end now. And uh, Tom, we'll go with you. Yeah, I think mine's kind of a softball here. Um, it's it's Jared Cook versus the Giants, first of all. So check that box. Don't worry, I got one coming too. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, this one is so obvious with uh, Amari Cooper potentially out of the game with the concussion and Michael Crabtree, who's now going to be suspended for one week, which is the update. And um, you're going to see just a large target share go to him. That's that's all there is to it. I mean, and the team that he's playing is the most susceptible to the tight end position. Granted, they've uh, they've toughened up in the last two weeks versus the tight end, but I think Jared Cook will get them back on track and uh, destroy them via the tight end position. There's just a lot of pieces adding up to Jared Cook having a good week. You Lots know, of opportunity. Plays against a defense that's susceptible to the tight end. Is the only healthy top tar- top tier target left for Derek Carr to throw to and this is a game that Oakland needs yep so they're gonna un- unashamedly give him the volume he needs to take over that game speaking of soft targets Scott who is your plum pick tight end yeah this plum pick's just it's an easy one yeah who's playing the Browns the Chargers so who's who's their, their tight end Hunter Henry oh yeah I'll take him whatever all right you mean Hunter Henry um no just kidding obviously I know who Hunter Henry is um just trying to prove the point that it really does not matter who <laughs> plays against the Browns. But he's had five targets in each of the last two games. Last week, he converted all five targets for 76 yards and a touchdown. And if you're doing that against any other team, imagine what you can do against the Browns in five targets. The Browns. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Shockingly available in one of my leagues putting in a claim. Me too. Um, I'm going with our boy, Seals Jones. And it's not based on matchup. It's not based on anything other than why I picked Case Keenum and why I picked Joe Mixon. Ride the heater. Yeah. You know, I mean, we talk about it. We've talked about it literally since the inception of this show. The reps, the third team reps have come through for the Cardinals (laughs) and is somehow keeping them in contention last week against Jacksonville. Seals Jones is Blaine Gabbard's go-to guy. The chemistry with Fitzgerald isn't quite there yet. The chemistry with John Brown isn't quite there yet. They got lucky on a fluky play to Jerron Brown. But Seals Jones is that guy that Gabbard's looking for when he's under duress, which is probably going to be a lot. You know what's crazy about Seals Jones is that he really hasn't even played that many snaps over the past two weeks. Like he, he's, uh, I read some article that he's only ran like between 25 and 30 routes over the past well, two that's- weeks. That's the knock on him. And in the first week that he went off, he played like an ungodly low amount of snaps. I mean, he it was something eight like snaps and had two touchdowns. Yeah. He ran like four <laughs> routes too because yeah. he's a tight end. So he's not even running a route every single time. But um, I think he's deserving of more snaps, more routes. And when, he, when he's doing that, Gabbert is clearly preferring to target him. So I'm actually on board with him, man. I like him. No, I agree. I'm on, I'm on board too. I'm just saying it, it's it's kind of crazy how efficient he's been, and I agree. I think that it's only going to lead to more snaps. Prior to the last two weeks of the season, Seals Jones had ran a route on 10 total snaps this year. Hashtag oh stats. <laughs> so we, we're really seeing an awakening of sorts uh, for, for Ricky Seals Jones. Let's go over now to some guys who you cannot rely on to get you into the playoffs this 
This week, it is our Shut It Down Candidates of the Week. Shut it down! Brought to you by John Taffer Tell and his Taffer. Bar Rescue Squad. Fun fact, John Taffer was part of the creative team that helped create NFL Sunday Ticket. That's right. Look it up. It's a great Wikipedia article. Uh, Tom, <laughs> let's start with you because your, your shutdown quarterback is kind of counterintuitive to your plum pick tight end. So let's hear you explain this one. Yeah, definitely not a weekend you'd want to go for the stack here in uh, Daily Fantasy or otherwise. Just because I like the tight end doesn't mean that this quarterback is going to flourish. I mean, think about the options. He's not going to have his main two targets in the wide receiving game. Who is it? Um, oh, <laughs> well, Derek Carr. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I thought he was Suspense. just going to hint at it. Like it was, we would have to guess like Jeopardy. Like, who is Derek Carr? <laughs> I passed waivers. I, I, like Our listeners need to know this. Like We can't be coy about this anymore, guys. <laughs> I believe you would have gotten there. Yeah, this is a week where I would I would like to sit Derek Carr. I mean, thankfully, the suspension only lasts one week for Michael Crabtree. Hopefully, we're dealing with the same kind of um, unavailability with Amari Cooper, and they get them both back. But if you've got Derek Carr right now, it's a crappy time for this to all be happening, and I can't imagine he's happy. And if he goes out there and you know proves me wrong, more power to him. But you don't want to start a guy like this in week 13 when you might need a win, and he's got none of his options out there. Yeah. I would rather think he's going to do nothing and be wrong than think he's going to do something and be wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, and that's that's what Derek Carr's at right now. Like, yeah. we don't know what this is going to look like. Crabtree definitively out. Cooper, I mean, it's about as sure of a thing with a concussion and a sprained ankle for a wide receiver. You know, it just doesn't really seem like that's going to be a a game that he can get back for. No. So, but I, I mean, Devonte Adams played the next week, so it gives you a little hope. But that sprained ankle yeah, is, is probably more, maybe even more nerving than the concussion. Yeah, it's like a bonus. Yeah, and supplier. not yeah, like he's player. been amazing. Exactly. No, not not by any stretch of the imagination. The uh, only the only positive is if he does play, I would consider starting Amari Cooper. Not because we've just down talked him a little bit here, um, especially if Janoris Jenkins doesn't wind up playing. Yeah. He becomes he becomes an interesting commodity, but still would feel a little unnerving with Derek Carr in my lineup. Based yep. on recent news, though, it does kind of sound like the Raiders' offense has a chance to be on the field an awful lot this Sunday. Uh, Scott, let's go to your shutdown quarter. Because Geno's going to score so quick? Yeah, too yeah, quick. Yeah, man, it's yep. going to be too much. Sure. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Um, my shutdown quarterback is Matt Stafford. I think he's just too beat up. Uh, I think he's going to be slowed down a lot by this injury, uh, and I think the Ravens are really going to be able to get after him. You saw how how badly uh, Savage struggled against the the or Savage struggled against the Ravens, excuse me. And um, you know he was just getting sacked like crazy and and getting a ton of pressure. And I think that that's what's going to happen with Stafford. He's not going to be able to escape. He's going to look to Marvin Jones, but Jimmy Smith is going to be clamping him down. And he's going to struggle there. And I just, I just don't really see it going too well for him. The Ravens' defense is just looking too tough. Yeah, I mean, yeah, go ahead, Tom. and on the road, on the road as well. You know, Baltimore's been really good at home, even though in this last primetime game they gave up a little bit early on and they didn't look first drive. You know, right? Um, but they've been really good at home, so that's the history is on that that side of things. It's kind of unfortunately on this on the opposite side of the fence of Tom's plum pick with Jared Cook there's just so much adding up to Stafford not having a good week yeah. that you basically can't ignore the signs and I think this is just a tough week for them Agreed. it's going to be a kicker battle between Baltimore and Detroit I would bet two of the best ones in the league uh, my shutdown quarterback is Jacoby Brissett the Colts play the Jaguars this week do you guys need anything else? No, and Brissett was horrible against uh, Tennessee. Tennessee this week he got sacked like a hundred times and when that happens against Jacksonville 
you're in trouble. Yeah, when Jacksonville turns into Saxonville, it's going to be no fun for your quarterback. Uh, quite possibly a prelude to future shutdowns as well. Uh, we'll leave it at that. But let's uh, let's switch it over to running backs now. Scott, who are you shutting down at running back this I'm week? I'm shutting down all the Buccaneers running backs. Every single squad. one of them, I'm shutting them down. Um, the Packers have been pretty good against the position overall. Uh, they just get burned by receivers like we were talking about early on. Like Le'Veon Bell. Well, yeah, and that's the interesting thing is that you'd look at last last week with Le'Veon Bell and you'd, and you'd be like, no, he went off. Well, okay, Le'Veon Bell's not really a running back. He's like how Gronk's a Gronk. Le'Veon Bell is a Le'Veon Bell. Yep. He, he can catch 12 passes and get 20 carries. Nobody on the Bucks is going to sniff that type of work. It, even if, if Doug Martin goes out, I expect it to be a full split. Even with Doug Martin in, you know, I see it still being pretty split and all of them doing a whole lot of nothing. Speaking of shutting down the whole dang team, Tom, who's your shutdown running back this week? Yeah, I'm shutting down the whole dang backfield of the Seahawks. Um, there's going to be four active running backs potentially. Um, same Gross. thing with their same thing with their opponent. Truthfully, the Eagles. There's going to be like eight active running backs in this game. Yep. But the Eagles have been really good against the run. Amazing. Um, yeah, Mike Davis, who was playing really well but left the game early. Uh, he's going to be active. Pete Carroll already indicated that. You've got Eddie Lacy. You've got McKissick. You've potentially got Thomas Rawls as well. So if they're going to load all those people out, you know, you've got a really bad chance of predicting that one of them is going to get a score. One of them is going to get all the pass work. You know what I mean? The only thing that you could maybe, maybe do is McKissick in like a 16-team PPR league. So I believe yeah. that that whole thing <laughs> is worth a shutdown. Yeah. Um, the I Eagles agree. and Seahawks play Sunday night. The Steelers and Bengals play Monday night. If you're doing a primetime only FanDuel or DraftKings, what percent do you guys think are going to have Mixon and Le'Veon Bell as the two running backs in order to just completely avoid Philadelphia and Seattle? Yeah, I think that you know, there's always going to be those people that take those chances on those I guys. would take the chance. Yeah, I would probably take a chance on one of them, but the matchup isn't there for any of the Seattle backs either. Yeah, that's, that's part of it. That's why I, I you know go to shut down Seattle rather than the Eagles who I have shut down as a backfield before as well. But the Eagles are just really good against the run. So there's no indication that I would Wilson show in Seattle too. So they're throwing and they're letting him do his thing, especially against the Eagles. I think they come out and just abandon the run early. I am shutting down Tevin Coleman. Um, Basically it's matchup based because he's playing Minnesota, but you know, it's been a couple of weeks now. We may start to see some rumblings that Devontae Freeman may be coming back yep. this week. So we're going to ha- obviously have to monitor, monitor that. But even if Freeman doesn't come back and it looks like Coleman's going to get the workload that he got against Tampa Bay, I don't think he's going to turn it into as much success as he did against Tampa Bay because Minnesota's been that good against the run. We know Minnesota's offense is clicking on all cylinders right now. So Atlanta's probably going to have to throw a lot more than they did against Tampa Bay last week. I think this is just a tough spot. For Tevin Coleman. Yeah, I agree, especially if Freeman comes back. This is a tough matchup. Like you said, the Vikings are just a darn good football team, and they're tough to run on. Dang. That's my Joe Dirt <laughs> impression. <laughs> Dang. It's more like that. <laughs> Much better, Tom. <laughs> From the top rope. Oh, my goodness. All right, uh, wide receivers. Speaking of the Colts playing the Jags, Tom, who's your shutdown wide receiver? T.Y. Hilton. He's Next, back. No, He's I'm just kidding. And we back, and we back, and we back. It's that simple, man. I mean, just going against the Jacksonville Jaguars at this point in time at week 13, the the most holiest of fantasy football weeks where you need a perfect lineup, this is not the guy you want to throw out there. Maybe next year, T.Y. 
Yeah, I agree. Maybe next year. Because if you look at his matchups down the road, he's like droppable. I know. Yeah. I almost dropped him. Swear. <laughs> I'm not surprised. I don't blame you. Speaking of almost droppable, my shutdown wide receiver is Des Bryant, oh. who has just not been very good over the past few weeks. It's been highlighted by the fact that Zeke has been out. He just has not been able to get that separation. He had a tough time against Casey Hayward on Thanksgiving. I think he's going to have another tough time against the likes of Josh Norman and or Brashad Breeland this week against Washington. I think Washington and Dallas, even though their records are the same, this is just two teams going in two completely different directions right now. And I think Washington's going to end up winning this game pretty easily on Thursday night. I think it's a divisional game, so you know it could be a fight. But um, I agree with you about Des. He's just been—he doesn't get separation really. And when you have to throw 50-50 balls on good corners, you know you're just typically not going to have that good of a game. Absolutely, Tom. Yeah, he's else? got a tough matchup. And oh, sorry, he's got a tough matchup. And. The, the offense has just been dink and dunk. It hasn't been, if you look at their average depth of target, you know, it hasn't been the Des Bryant happy Romo right. thing we've been used to. It's just different now. Yeah, too different. Uh, Scott, let's go to you. All right, I'm shutting down Manny Sanders. The offense is in complete shambles. Yep. I think that Simeon is an upgrade to his overall situation, but I think that there's some crap they have to filter through before Simeon can come back and actually put up some decent numbers and play well. The offensive line has been horrible. They have no idea what they're doing at running back. You know, it just seems like A.J. Derby was their tight end, and then they cut him like two, like two weeks later. They're just Their whole offense is just a mess, and to me, Sanders is way too boomer bust in the holiest of fantasy weeks. Tom, I'd really like that you said that. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> um, Tom, do we have an update on the Tlaib appeal? Yeah, he is uh, granted the same permissions as Michael Crabtree. They'll be both suspended one game. Okay, so no Tlaib on the Denver defense. We saw what it did in their game against Oakland. I mean, this is a lot, a much more beatable defense uh, for the Dolphins. Oddly enough, these two teams have to play each other this week. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's going to be terrible. But again, you know, we just don't think that we see it from the Denver offense enough to actually roll out Emmanuel Sanders in the holiest. Of fantasy, of fantasy weeks. weeks. Uh, let's go to tight ends, Scott. I'm going to shut down our boy. Sorry, Tom. It hurts. Mr. Croft. <laughs> it just hurts. You know, he scored his last two weeks, but he hasn't even gone over 20 yards. He hasn't even gone over 12 in the <laughs> last two weeks. So if he doesn't score, you know, he's he's killing you, kind of. And even if he does score, he's getting you, like, 10 tops. So it's so it's not anything that's been too astronomical. The the Steelers are pretty good against the pass, and they're really good against tight ends. As as I've said before, I, I love Shazier, and he's a great coverage linebacker, and I think he gives our boy Croft some problems. Yeah, Down sure. the road, Croft, but not this week. Yeah, our boy did score on Pittsburgh last time he played them, but I still do tend to agree with you. Um it's just a tough matchup and he hasn't been getting the yardage to support putting him out there in something that's not as plus as his last two weeks. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Tom, let's go to you. Cause you've got another tight end with a brutal matchup. Yeah, this is my boy as well over here, but uh, Jack Doyle, I like to shut down someone who usually had like an encouraging week the week before, you know, he played really well and he's going to go up against the Jags. The Jags, when you think about a tight end, you're usually thinking about the linebacker coverage. Scott brings up Shazier. But um, the Jags, they've got that great secondary. But I just don't see 
them protecting their own quarterback enough from the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think they're going to have trouble getting offense going in any facet of the game. That is the Colts, not the Jags. And uh, Jack Doyle, he plays offense. So I am grouping him in on that. And sadly, I would not include him in the holiest of weeks. Agreed. I agree. Shut him down. It's looking bleak for Jack this week. And for the Colts in general. This this could be a bloodbath, especially with Jacksonville suddenly – you know, reeling from that loss to Arizona that they never should have had. Um, I'm shutting down whoever the starting tight end is going to be in Carolina this week, whether it's Greg Olson, who's had his foot injury kind of flare up on him um, in the middle of his comeback game last week, or if it's Ed Dixon. If Olson plays and he's, you know, commanding all this attention, it may end up being that Dixon is the guy that, you know, the Saints leave open. But, you know, I'm not necessarily encouraged by either guy because the Saints have just been so good against tight ends this year yeah they've been awesome against tight ends and I think that if you know Lattimore and Crawley are both still injured that is going to divert Cam's attention even further to Funches because he'll have a really good matchup so um not a good week for the tight ends for Carolina I agree I would be way too nervous to start Olsen if he if he got activated yeah for the same reasons I was bringing up with uh Famous Jameis. You don't want to send him out there and then goose egg because he leaves in the first quarter. Absolutely. All right. Well, those are our plum picks and our shutdowns for week 13. Let's get to the slate. Like I said, Thursday, we've got Washington going to Dallas, which should be a very exciting divisional game. It always is between these two teams. And finally, we'll get a pretty decent weather game. Uh, because Jerry World can have the dome that can you know cover right. if it even if it does rain. Nothing's um, gonna get in Kirk's way. I don't think this no, week. I think, and he, I think he's gonna have a big one. I think he's gonna get it yes. done. Yes, and uh, <laughs> I think even you know there will be enough to go around for Crowder to have a good week. Docs in the score, Piran to score. I think they'll put up enough offense because they they've really been doing pretty well on offense and they've been getting it done. And I think they'll have the ball a lot because Dallas just looks like garbage. They do. Um, I, yeah. I, um, oh, go ahead, Tom. I was just going to mention that Darren McFadden retired today. Yeah, that's Hung how it bad up. it's going in Dallas. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't even on Dallas anymore. They released him, right? Which you know, another update. But you know, thank God we hung on to him all year, right, Zeke owners? <laughs> <laughs> the one guy in the back's like, "Oh, you got to be kidding me!" Um, yeah, that was uh, a very interesting career for Darren McFadden. If we can just go to a quick aside, because he was a league winner in some years, and then in some years you drafted him really high, and he absolutely torpedoed your entire season. It's the story of a of a running back for yeah. fantasy football. You know, these guys are up and down. Depends a lot on this, this offensive scheme yeah. and line and all that type of stuff. When the stars align, you get yourself a Alvin Kamara, and when they don't, you end up with you know you know whoever. Yeah, the list goes on. JHI will go with this yeah, week for sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> Chiefs Jets, do we get the do we get the Chiefs revival here against the Jets? Not against my Jets. I don't think so either. <laughs> you know, because no. the Jets have been have been have been showing this year that they can clip teams that aren't playing their best football. And I don't think you can describe the Chiefs any better way than saying they're not playing their best football right now. So I have a, a predicament in the league. I kind of need you guys help with and. As, uh, you know, a Robbie supporter since our first episode, it makes me feel good to include him in this list of names. But I need to bench one of these players. Robbie Anderson, Larry Fitzgerald, Devin Funches, Julio Jones. Funches, I think. We talked about this yesterday or maybe it was earlier this morning, but I just think the upside for Larry, Julio, and Robbie Anderson is bigger than Funches. And, again, if you monitor the – 
status of the Saints corners, that may change it. Yeah. Because if they both don't play, I can see Funches having a big day. But if they both play, I think that makes your decision a lot easier. The good thing is you don't have to make this decision until Sunday. Yeah. But I'm rolling Robbie out no matter what. Like my second guy to bench in that is Larry Fitzgerald. Just because he hasn't really been doing much since Gabbert took over. Yeah. What do you think, Tom? I literally agree with one hundred percent. Um, you can just be fearful of Marshawn Lattimore and usually be on the right side of things when you stay away from that guy. And then I would, you know, the next guy's Larry Fitzgerald because Robbie's got a good matchup. Kansas City with that bend don't break defense and Robbie with his big target share, he should be getting a lot of work. I know. And if we're blessed enough to get a sixth touchdown in a row, then we are blessed. Yeah, it's it's tough, but it's a nice decision to have to make. I already made the playoffs, so it's like whatever. It's just a week to try and firm my belief that I can just start Robbie over whichever one. Just a week to get another win, which is always yeah, you know the goal. Run up the score. Yeah, I like to point out that they're coming back to MetLife to lose again. Oh, the yeah, Chiefs yeah, are. That's right. That's right. They're coming Two back times in three weeks it would be. Does Kareem stats. Hunt get me more than one standard point this week like he did last week? Ooh, I don't know, Tom. Yes, I would hope. Like, it can't get much worse. Did you guys see the, the tweet I retweeted today? I did. It was awesome. Alvin Kamara and Kareem oh, Hunt's yeah, stats yeah. in the fantasy and season. And the crying Jordan at every week. Yeah. <laughs> I'm at awesome. Why So Serious. <laughs> Check it out. It's like one of the coolest things because Kamara has literally just – Risen and Kareem Hunt has just gone down. Obviously, he had that monster game week one, so there was no really nowhere to go but down after right. that performance. But uh, yeah, it's just it, he's not the league winner we thought he was going to be anymore. Not even close. Um, let's move on now to Pat's Bills. Gronk going home to Buffalo. I think we easily get a spike for Gronk in front of Bills Mafia. Um, what else do we think about this game? Um, I think that you can start Tyrod and close your eyes for the first three quarters and then open them back up when he annihilates garbage time <laughs> once again. I love trash. He loves it, and he does. He it's fine. So when you see him in the first three quarters with 50 passing yards and the Patriots are just pummeling the Bills, just wait until it's out of hand. Tyrod will sneak into the end zone, get a rushing touchdown, probably throw a little dump down to Clay or LaShawn McCoy and save your day. Yeah, I think if you're scared of these matchups and you have a better option, you can, being Tyrod or something, you can go ahead and replace him. But the cool thing is is that you get a preview because these guys are going to play again shortly. So you get to see how... Yeah, you're going to see the championship, the real holiest of weeks. Yes. yes. You're going to get to see how, um, you know, both of these teams game plan against each other, and you'll be able to use that information to help you out in uh, week 16. Yeah, I mean, you this a, is. If you, have the, if you have the position or the playoffs locked up, then you're getting the free championship preview in week 13. What else could you ask for? Yep. Yeah. Important to note, though, that week 16 game will be in New England if that's going to matter. Um, any down the stretch. I mean, for the Patriots, I think the two running backs that you can start if you want to are Rex Burkhead and Deion Lewis. Beyond that, if any receiver is active and healthy, I think you can roll them out. Cooks has been a really high floor guy for he's the past like up. eight weeks, and he's heating up and scoring more now. Um, look out if he can if he can keep this hot streak. Yeah, no kidding. I've been enjoying it with you know the, the I only have him in one league, but I love him. I he's just, so cool. Yeah, he's, he's so gonna good. be so good for them, and he's just so fast. It's, yeah. He's fun to watch. All right, let's go to the why are the Broncos and the Dolphins playing? Like, do they have to play this game? Can we just skip this one? I think they're going for most combined turnovers, NFL record. That's that's the only reason they're playing. If that's the case, then Cutler better start. <laughs> that's a good call. <laughs> 
It's a good call. Um, but I mean, seriously, like Scott Hansen at Red Zone, like don't show this game. We don't even need to see the touchdowns until the montage. I think that if you need him, you can go to Kenyon Drake. Uh, it just seems like to me he's going to get a lot of volume, and I think he could, especially in a PPR league, he could catch six passes maybe. And yeah. If he's getting that type of volume, and he like, there's a chance he could score. I guess if maybe a pass interference will help him out, get to the one or something <laughs> like that. But um, yeah, I think that you can kind of just trust him and DT's volume. And other than that, I wouldn't touch anyone. I think this could be a good Jarvis Landry week, honestly, oh, yeah, because Landry, the Broncos have struggled with slot receivers. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Landry's like the best one in the league. I can't believe I blanked on him. You got to start him. Yeah. He's um, great. Devontae <laughs> Parker, I'm actually dropping in yeah, the league this week. He's terrible. Um, the breakout waits yet another year for Devontae Parker. Uh, for the for the Broncos, I mean, DT I, I'm fine with. He had his, you know, he had a connection with Simeon in the beginning of the year I don't see why it would go away but you know do any of you guys have any interest in Benny Fowler three touchdowns and Simeon starts in DFS no shot no way no all right yeah not for me all right shouldn't have brought it up then no it's Uh, fine I mean he's gonna be dirt cheap but he's got three touchdowns I think two are in one week two are in week one against the Chargers yeah Yeah, so that that gives me a little pause but hey why not um 49ers Bears the Italian Stallion begins his ride as San Francisco's stud horse, Jimmy Garoppolo, Pumped. coming out for the start. What do we think? I mean, he gets a... It's a tough one. It's a tougher matchup than some people might think. Want because believe, the Bears' yeah. defense against teams that are at or around their talent level have beaten them. And they've clipped teams that we really wouldn't expect. I'm talking about Pittsburgh, Baltimore, yep. Carolina... They almost beat Atlanta. Yep. So, you know, this Bears team is a lot better than people are giving them credit for, and I think this game is going to be super, super ugly. So I think that uh, the thing that is worse for Jimmy Garoppolo is that the Bears love to control the ball on the ground, and the 49ers just give it up on the ground. Yeah. So I don't know. I I'm, I think Cohen is a great DFS play this week. I think he's got that potential to see a lot of touches and, you know, really rip off one of those bombs. Obviously, Howard is going to feast, but um, – I'm interested to see what Garoppolo does. I, I agree with you guys. I think he's probably going to struggle this week, but down the road, I'm looking forward to his matchups and seeing what he brings. Yeah. Yeah, this is the Jordan Howard show for me. And I'm not sure. Did I mention on, on the show that I think it's a cool time to uh, to nab, what's his face, Jimmy Garoppolo as a keeper candidate? Oh, right. Yes. We, uh, we might have talked about this in the – recap of week 12 but let's just act as though we didn't <laughs> yeah because i mean if you get to keep someone in the in the way back rounds or anything like that i mean he's going to be a good nfl quarterback i'm not advising that you start him this week especially versus the bears at home but um if you get to keep someone late and late as it goes he might not even be there next year he could be in the giants now you yeah. know what i mean he could be throwing to odell beckham jr next year so he could be on the broncos a, yeah he's a good or guy to keep a uh, keep yeah. an eye on oh my yeah, yeah. Uh, that's an interesting proposition. It's a good yeah. point, Tom. I, I like it. I just, um, you know, the quarterback is such a deep position, and I guess we, we could probably talk about this in one of our offseason episodes about, like, how to choose a keeper, basically. But, I mean, quarterback is such a deep position. But if you think Jimmy G is going to have that kind of potential, I don't see why you wouldn't, especially with how some guys have kind of really busted out this year. Uh, let's yeah, go and to- the length of time you get to keep them. If you can keep them indefinitely, Jimmy G in the 15th round for his entire career, then, Not you know. Not bad. Yeah, that's pretty cool. 
Lions-Ravens, the Ravens defense and special teams have been playing very well. The Lions offense looks like it's going to be hindered by Matt Stafford's health. So, you know, I think, like I said, I think this is going to be a kicker battle. I think Matt Prater and Justin Tucker are going to put on a show in this game. I think that the Ravens are going to be able to control it on the ground uh, and kind of do what they were able to do to the Texans when they really took that game over on Monday night when uh, they really just started bruising with Collins and mixing in Woodhead and, and Buck Allen. Uh, the, the Lions have not been good against running backs. You know, they've been getting beat up on the ground, especially recently. So I kind of expect that to continue and Stafford to try and make this comeback, but just not have it in his ankle to be able to drive the ball down the field. Yeah. Yeah, it's a sneaky one for Alex Collins, I think. Yeah, it's a good start. How about Danny Woodhead, guys? I uh, hope he's. I hope he goes off. Of course I do, but I, I wouldn't rely on him this week. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I would either. Um, you know, if you need a guy, the Woodman always pulls through when you need him, especially maybe in the holiest of weeks. But um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's getting he's getting PPR looks, so uh, it's not the worst start. Yeah, for sure. All righty, let's go to potential game of the week: Vikings Falcons. A nice three-week stretch for the Vikings. If they can beat the Rams, Lions, and Falcons three weeks in a row, whew. You know, the Eagles, and the good thing about the Vikings is that they're going to keep the Eagles playing for something because if the Eagles aren't careful, the Vikings can come out and steal the one seed. Right. They're playing that well. I mean, if you have games all the way to the Super Bowl. Yeah. um, And, (laughs) And you know, Tom... Tom, you talked about Trufant might not play. Whether he plays or not, you got to roll Adam Thielen out with the with the heater he's been on. I think Diggs is a viable option, especially if Trufant's out. And it comes down to, with me from Minnesota, what running back is going to have the better play this week? Yeah, I think it's McKinnon. I, I've been thinking about this. I think it's McKinnon. The the pass catcher guys have have done better than the than the bruiser guys against Atlanta. So I would lean toward McKinnon. I, I like Keenum this week. I actually think that this game might might be a little high scoring because I believe it's in well either way they're in a dome. It is in Atlanta. So so that helps. You know that always helps Atlanta for their for their overall team speed, especially on offense. So I think that they'll be able to put up points. But I think Keenum is going to be able to do it too. So I'm really excited for this game. I think it's going to be a good one. Yeah, the answer to that for me is really it's hard to come up with because I think it depends on which Matt Ryan we get, you know. Good point. Um, I think if the Vikings can stifle him, then it's Latavius Murray. And I think the odds of that happening are pretty good just because I think that the odds of the Vikings getting a win here is pretty good. So it's, it's, tough, to, it's tough to say. But I think that because it's so down the road that both of them are probably good options. I brought this up with the uh, Cowboys and Washington preview, so I got to bring it up here. Xavier Rhodes versus Julio Jones. Yeah. Talk about a clinic in wide receiver and cornerback play. That's going to be an awesome matchup to watch. Yeah. Hopefully they hopefully it's like one of those like back and forth boxing matches at the end of one of the Rocky Did you guys movies. see um you know how Pro Football Focus gives out the grades for the positions out of 100? Uh-huh. They gave Julio a 99.9. 99.9. 9. <laughs> what did he do wrong? <laughs> Give the man 100. See, that's the problem with Julio. He just never gets enough credit. It's sickening. Even oh. from Matt Ryan. Yeah. Uh, Tampa Bay, Green Bay. Bucks going to Lambo. We're a storyline podcast. Like We believe that storyline can affect a fantasy outcome. Absolutely. You've got a underachieving team coming to Lambo to play Green Bay. The last time they were in Lambo, they got shut out for the first time in like years. Might have been for the first time since before Favre started. So, 
They need to come out and put on a good show for their home crowd. I think Hundley comes out slinging this game. I like him in DFS this week. I do I think too. Devontae Adams is as surefire a wide receiver one play as there is this week with how well he's been playing with Hundley and just how well he's been playing for the past two years now. Yep. But, you know, and Tom, I think we talked about this a little bit before the show started. I think we can maybe trust Jordy this week. Yeah, I was thinking that Jordy might be a sneaky play. This would be like the last time you could possibly use him. <laughs> or if, if he encourage, yeah, if he encourages you this week, then maybe we'll uh, change our minds down the road. Right. But I know it's a it's a risky proposition, but it, I think it could pan out. I mean, the Bucks, man, they've been so bad all year. We keep saying it for a reason, and they don't change anything. So I like everyone in this game, literally. There's not a player that I, I – I do agree with Scott, though, actually, that the Bucks – backfield doesn't interest me but everyone else pretty much yeah. hopefully Cameron Brake can get back on the right track and maybe uh, Jameis Winston can rejoin him and make that happen yeah that would be nice the Packers are are pretty good against tight ends but Cameron Brake can get it done against anybody especially he's a matchup breaker Jameis is playing quarterback definitely all right Texans Titans not a very inspiring matchup uh, Titans just not playing very good football um, barely beat the Colts I mean they're a division leader but, you know, they're playing the Texans. Tom Savage did not look very good down the stretch. No. Um, so I, I think the Titans win this one. I don't think it's going to be pretty, though. No, I don't think so either. The Titans don't don't really like to play pretty. There's a lot of room in the middle of the field for the Texans if, if you know, your protection holds up. Um, you saw Flacco missing big, big throws to, like, Mike Wallace over the middle and, and stuff like that. And Mariota can hit those to maybe Delaney Walker, maybe Rashard Matthews if he's able to come back. You know, you guys know. I mean, we all love him. But um, Corey Davis, I, I kind of like this week, uh, just especially if Rashard's out. Um, for the Texans, is is Fuller going to come back? I don't at Ruts FF, keep us keep track on Twitter. Yeah, if I'm not, not sure. then then Ellington's cool with me, but yeah. uh, Hopkins rocks against the Titans. Yeah, too. I mean he's he's but a matchup proof wide receiver stinks, one. Stinks, but like, are we doing? Are we going Hopkins DFS? He's he's pricey. Probably not this week, just because. I mean, maybe he's. Owned, I, I actually would like him the Titans earlier this year. Yes. So maybe if you're a believer in that. Well, I do like him because, you know, Julio gets Xavier Rhodes and you're going to have some other tough matchups down the down the stretch here, uh, down the slate here, rather. So because he has a good one, you know, he's worth the price of admission. If you right. can go get those cheap guys and then afford him, why not? Yeah, God, he was so good Monday night yeah, with, with his his he rips the sleeves of his jersey. But by the end of the game, his whole the whole half of his jersey was like opened up and he was still just kicking ass. He's a stud. Yeah, he's just a freaking stud. stud. Although, Tom, you got like exactly what you needed from him and the Ravens I know. defense last week. You mentioned it at the end of the episode. That was crazy to watch. Scott and I were like, oh, my gosh, like what's going to happen next? Yeah. Savage that interception at the end was just pick. Yeah. beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, beautiful for you. Not exactly for the fans in Houston. Uh, Colts, Jags, do the Jags win this by 15, 20, or 30? I, I mean, that's, that's all that's left for me to figure I out think about it's this gonna game. Be really, obviously, it's going to be really, really, really tough for the Colts to score. Um, go, I'm going back to the well with D.D. Westbrook and DFS this week. Target share has been too high, and, and like I've like I've been saying, he's been close to yeah. hitting those big plays. This is this is one of those weeks where he's still going to be dirt cheap. So, you know, like me and Tom say all the time in DFS, you want to throw in those dirt cheap guys and, and f so you can stack up with those high-priced guys. He's one of the guys I'm buying into this week. 
Yeah, and I'm not really interested in any Colts. We already shut the whole team down except yeah. for Frank Gore. But um, I wouldn't even really be too interested in Frank Gore this week. Nah. I mean, yeah. I mean, if he ever found out, he'd come and kick all our asses. But Oh, yeah, he could beat me up for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's a man. That's old man strength, too. That's, that's, that's no, grown thank man. You. We love you, Frank. Browns at Chargers. If you remember last year, maybe the most unlikely win of the season, the Browns beating then the San Diego Chargers. Now the Browns, though, have to come to Los Angeles. The Chargers on a long week. I don't think it's happening this year. Speaking of storyline and how it plays into fantasy, you know, last year that was, I think it was the first game that the Chargers played without Melvin Gordon when they lost to the Browns. So now it's trending in this direction that the Chargers are looking like the best team in their division and they're building all this momentum, which typically leads to a Chargers letdown. But I think that they'll be strong this week and you know, there's just too much going right for them. When Keenan Allen is going like this, it's it's hard to see them losing. Yeah. And their defense looks so good. Yeah, they've been playing great. I like the Chargers D this week. I like, you know, I like all the Chargers this week pretty much. Uh, the Browns are actually – I've been meaning to bring this up. I'm going to tread lightly here. They're almost a usable fantasy defense. The Browns? And I think, yeah, and I think <laughs> next Browns. week – and I think next week versus the Packers, they're going to be usable. If we had plum pick defenses, I'd use them next week. <laughs> Good to know. Um, I'm going to say it one more time, and if he proves me wrong, I won't say it again for the rest of the season. Josh Gordon, you never know. All right, let's move on. Thank you for indulging me once again, gentlemen. Of course. Um, Rams-Cardinals. A more interesting game because the Cardinals beat the Jags last week, but I think we know the outcome. I think the Rams win this one. Um, they handled the Saints very well. They last whooped week. Arizona thirty-three nothing the first time that they played yeah. it too. So I agree. I think that they'll just. I think the Rams are just a much better team, and uh, they know it, and they know how to beat them. So yeah. I think that they will. And you know that's why I plum picked Goff. I'm excited for Reynolds. He'll see a good target share. This may be the final coffin in David Johnson's season if the Cardinals lose this game yeah. the same way they lost their first game to the Rams. You know, if, if they see that there's nothing to play for, he's not coming back. Oh, yeah. He's uh, I've already counted him out. Yeah. One thing that I will say is encouraging is um, Bruce Arians came out and said that he isn't like opposed to Blaine Gabbert being the, the 2018 starting quarterback. I am. So, you know, that <laughs> <laughs> so that's at least, you know, enthusing to to them still trying to win games and try to be competitive with him. True. True. I didn't think about it like that. Uh, Giants Raiders. This game would have been was awesome going into the year with Amari Cooper and Michael Crabtree facing off against Odell Beckham, Brandon Marshall, and Sterling Shepard. And zero out of those five players may play in this game. Yikes! So, like, and then all of a sudden, Geno Smith is going to start this game Yikes. for the Giants. Eli Manning. I mean, say what you want about the guy, whether he was ever actually as good as Giants fans thought he was. The only man to beat Tom Brady in two Super Bowls, 210 straight starts. I mean, it, what he's done in New York with the media pressure, with his brother possibly being the greatest to ever play his position. I mean, what Eli Manning was handed and what he did with it is so impressive. And the fact that it had to end like this, I think, is pretty bad. So yeah. one more time, let me say it. Everything's fine with the Giants. <laughs> Everything is completely fine. But we do get Geno, and I just think... You know, the Raiders defense gets really, really lucky two weeks in a row. Two backup quarterbacks. Tom, you starting Geno in DFS? 
You know it. Yeah. I was going to say, we do have a Geno truther in our midst. So let's hear it, Tom. All right. Look, he's never gone from camp to starter. He never even got a fair shake. And he's always been a quarterback in New York that, you know, people were not too big on. I think he's finally going over to um, the right side of the house here with the Giants. They really, you know, they picked him up when he was feeling down. Eli's a quarterback that gets a ton of grief from New York, but he's always handled it perfectly. If he had imparted any of that knowledge on Gino, I hope, I hope, I hope he has. And Gino is actually a pretty good scrambling quarterback as well. And with those line struggles, you might be able to see some flashes of uh, some Russell Wilson type offense that produces fantasy points. You know, he's going to have to be uh, mobile and he's going to have to uh, be creative out there. And I I really do like Geno as a fantasy proposition. You see Deshaun Kaiser finish in like top five weeks. Just we never even talk about him. But Geno Smith might do the same thing because he can play on his legs well. And the Oakland Raiders, they're not that scary of a defense besides a few really good players on it. You did good, Tom. I was going to say, I knew Tom was going to have some sort of argument ready. And to bring Geno Smith on his in his first start in like two years, to bring him into the same sentence as Russell Wilson and throw Deshaun Kaiser into that sentence as well, Tom, bravo. Well done. You exceeded my already extremely high expectations. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably Pat make yourself a, on the back. Uh, the Paxton Lynch lineup I made, by the way, was a free lineup, you know, so I didn't lose any money on that stupidity. But Thank I'll God. probably throw out – I'll probably do the same thing. I'll tweet out like a, uh, a Geno lineup that I have this week, and uh, you guys can ridicule it, and, and we'll take it from there. And but, we'll have fun with it and uh, I got, I got I got one DFS guy in this game, and it's Seth Roberts. There's just it's it's just lining up for him to be an, a really sneaky play. He he's gotten a lot of touchdowns for the Raiders over the years. Seth and scores Raiders win. Yeah, that's right, and I think that uh, I think that that's gonna happen. I like it. I think I actually might go Corderell Patterson. Okay, but like um, too. also last time potential. last time Geno Smith started, it was versus the Ravens. Um, one or two years ago and he was doing great he just got really hurt like right before the end of the second half i think he almost had like 14 fantasy points he was on his way to a major good fantasy day you don't have to be a prolific nfl quarterback to be a good fantasy option and just so happens that gino's gonna be both (laughs) i hope you're right man (laughs) panthers saints hopefully this game is closer than the first matchup between these two teams because this is a battle for first place in the AFC in the NFC South right now. Right. This is a big time game. Yeah, it's exciting I think one. Th- I think we're gonna see like forty to fifty rush attempts from both teams combined in this game because that's the way that both of these teams like to do it. They like to control the clock with the run. I think you know Cam can get out and rumble a little bit here. We talked about it. You need to keep your eye on the Saints cornerbacks. Follow us on Twitter no at RutsFF. We will let you know because that's gonna be a big time factor for Devin Funches's fantasy appeal this week but you know as far as I'm concerned if they're going to be running the ball in this game I'm all systems go for that player Kamara Ingram McCaffrey maybe Stewart even if you could if you really if need you, a guy desperate and Cam I think is safe to roll out obviously um, I'm not too scared of that yeah with ha- happy playing. Cam's been around for a while now and, yeah and he could get upset, but if if there's no Lattimore and there's no Crawley, I think Happy Cam will be around for another week at least. Yeah, I'm a little more fearful with Cam, actually. I don't blame you. I mean, the Saints defense, despite what they just did against the Los Angeles Rams, you know, they've been playing really, really well, and they played really, really well 
that was really the game that started their turnaround was when they crushed the uh, the Panthers. So, yeah. you know, maybe they've got this offense figured out. We'll have to wait until Sunday to see. Eagles-Seahawks Sunday night, eight active running backs, two MVP candidate quarterbacks, two defenses that can put fear into the hearts of any offensive coordinator. This is going to be a really fun game. Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how Seattle handles uh, Chancellor out for the year now and and uh, now Sherman, Sherman out yep. for the year. You know, it's just that's really piling up. And when you're playing against the Eagles and Carson Wentz, he can make you pay big time with a bunch of different targets. I think that the Seahawks, even though it's in Seattle, are actually – I don't I don't think that they're going to be too close in this game. And I think Russell Wilson is going to spend every snap running for his life because they just cannot block. So then, Scott, the follow-up question I have to that is – I've got the Eagles defense, and Play I'm thinking about picking no up a way. second defense. Do you think I should start them? I would start the Eagles defense. Tom, you're saying no. No way. Whatever touchdown amount um, Russell Wilson is down by is how many he will try to score. And well, if he duh. has his way. Well, <laughs> is he going to score I, less? <laughs> well, he could score less. But what I'm saying is if he has his way um, and he – throws those balls up to Paul Richardson. It doesn't even matter if Paul Richardson's the only one who caught it because they get the points. And what I'm going to say is that there's just better options, sneaky defense options, just looking down the schedule right now. That, That's true. You know, I, I'd be a little more fearful to use the Eagles defense this week than yeah, – you're right. You're even, right. Even – yeah, there's a lot of other ones that would interest me more. Yeah, so you one of you pick says, up like the Titans or somebody like that. Never mind. Change my mind. For oh, okay. sure yeah. I would go with the Titans. Yeah, you could find somebody better than uh, the Eagles, I think. But if you you know if you're in a league where like people have two defenses, or you're in like a twelve man league, and and you know you need you need to just kind of stick with them. You don't want to drop anybody else or whatever. I would roll with them. Still. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm toying with it. I have a waiver claim in. We're recording this on Tuesday. I have a waiver claim in. If it works out, I'm gonna start that team. But uh, you know, we'll see how it goes. Uh, Steelers-Bengals, this game looked terrible a couple of weeks ago, but the Bengals have kind of clawed their way back into at least the conversation, if not the wild card race um, for the rest of this year. They get the Steelers at home, so there's always the chance of Ben Rhodeslisberger, although right now he's Ben Rhodeslisberger because he's on a big-time roll. Yeah, he's on a heater. I just don't think the Bengals have enough to hang with the Steelers, even with Joe Mixon playing as well as he did last week. Yeah, I agree with you. Um you know, it's a divisional game, and this is always a fight. You know, the, the Bengals really hate the Steelers. The Steelers really hate the Bengals, which makes me think that it'll it'll keep the game kind of close. But, you know, Brown is just looking too good right now. He just looks unstoppable, and when he's like that, they're going to win. Yeah, I mean, I like the studs in this game, and the fringe players are exactly what they are, fringe players. Um, Vontez Burfik, I think, you know, you can't say it enough. He's going to be a factor in this game. Whether if it's he a, makes positive, it a force of good or a force of evil for the Bengals is yet to be seen, but uh, but we'll have to uh, stick around and watch it. Uh, that's the slate. So, uh, gentlemen, we have uh, we have one week of the regular season left. Can you believe how fast this has gone? I know it's been awesome. It's been a rush. Good luck to everybody. I hope I hope you guys all get into the playoffs and uh, we we get to 
extend the season a little further and we'll make that push together yeah. until all of us get the ship. Yeah, Ruts did make the playoffs, so we will be covering the fantasy football playoffs yes, that's right. uh, for all of you. We earned a playoff bid for ourselves. Uh, check us out on Twitter. Like we said, a lot of injury updates, a lot of suspension things that you need to be aware of. Check us out at RutsFF. Tom is at HillierFF. Tom, nice job on the Skype work today. It sounds, Thank you very much. It sounded and felt like you were actually here with us. Which You're like always a tech a good wizard. Thing. Uh, I'm excited to uh, to to hear the finished product. I'm like a I'm like an anxious fan. Yeah. Uh, Scott is at Wags FF. He's going to be tweeting out his crazy Fanduel DraftKings lineup for you to take a look at. I, I'm yeah, I got to get that. It. I got to get that done tomorrow because I'll be in Mexico. So right, I don't yeah. know. I don't know if they let you do DraftKings in Mexico, but I, I'll, I'll keep you updated. I think they let you do Twitter in Mexico though, so you, you should definitely still go follow Scott. Yeah. <laughs> I'm at Why So Serious. Once again, the show is at Ruts FF on Twitter and on Instagram. Check out who won our Man Catch Monday. We will see you on the other side for playoff fantasy football week 14. Until then. Keep scoring.